Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Commission Breath. Today, we're doing part two of how to win over realtors. Brandon Love here with my good buddy, Tom Moffitt. And last week's episode was a hit. So I'm sure a lot of you are ready for this one. So get your pen and paper or your phone out ready to take some notes because we're going to dive right into things. Yeah, I think we hit record numbers there, didn't we, buddy? We did, yeah. Let's go. Okay. So we're doing something right here. Let's dive into the value adds that we're going to give realtors and that we have been that are focused on generating leads for them. And this is where you really set yourself apart from other mortgage brokers, because if you're getting leads for your realtors, then I mean, it's game over. They're going to stick with you forever. If you're dialing in on all the pieces from part one, you have the communication, all that other stuff dialed in, and you're adding leads on top of that, they're never going to leave you as long as you keep doing it. And before we dive into it too, like it's important, like we're going to go over these four different types of lead gen value adds, but some of these may not get them leads right away or ever if they don't focus on it. But the really important part is that you're showing them this, you're putting the effort in, and that is hands down like going to get you leads from them right off the bat anyways. So a good example of that would be Google Business, which we will dive into. But the first one is the real-time referral loop, which you call the referral loop. I call it the real-time referral program. So I'll dive into what I do and yours is slightly different, right, Brandon? Well, let's hear yours first and then I'll tell you. All right. So for the real-time referral program, this is what I pitch to my realtors is I say, hey, you get all the leads up front. And I understand that like as a mortgage broker, like you feed my business. So I want to feed your business as well because I want us to both grow. So in doing that, you are always getting the upfront leads, which I appreciate. But what I want to do is I want to reciprocate and get you the leads on the back end. And how I do that is I get leads from my client journey, from referrals, from people going through my client journey. So a good example of that would be I'd say, hey, anyone that's going through a pre-approval or even like a refinance or renewal, I'm asking them for referral. And I track where all my leads come from. So like, let's just say we closed on a mortgage or a purchase two years ago. And this person, John Smith, came back to me in the future. And he sent me like a friend of his who didn't have a realtor. Then like, that's part of it too. I'll be like, hey, do you have a realtor? No, you don't. Okay, cool. Where did you come from? Okay, you came from this person who used this realtor. You sent that lead over cool, I'm going to connect you with that realtor. And that's just me reciprocating the favor because that original lead came from that realtor. Am I confusing at this point? No, I think it all tracks. I'll share mine. And maybe it's a little bit easier for people to visualize. So I always say like, as a mortgage broker agent, we are downstream from you in the referral process. So quite often people get into the river and they're coming to the realtor first and then they're floating down to us and it's very difficult to send someone else back upstream but where i go in with the loop is that if that person's at their kids hockey game or they're at a barbecue and they're talking about hey i just bought this house and someone asked them who did you use for your mortgage broker and they give my name i then say, hey, it takes two hands to clap. Tom was the realtor on the transaction and found them the dream property. I just arranged the financing. Do you mind if I make an introduction there as well? And if they say yes, then I'm sending that borrower to the top of the stream, entering with that realtor. So it's just kind of looping people through the system and it's creating deals from everywhere. And why I like this is eventually it becomes that if Tom's the realtor and I'm the broker, we are that team that people trust. So everyone on that hockey team uses us as a team. Everyone from that barbecue 
goes to us and approaches us. And it builds a triangle of trust, which then layered within the community, provided you give everyone the same level of care and the experience continues to only get better, you're just going to have that compounding effect within that network itself. Yeah, so yours really does live up to the name referral loop because it is really that big loop. Ours does differ because for me, anyone in the back end that's going through the process is where I squeeze those leads out of. Say you're one of my clients and you're going through our process. If I'm doing my calls and I have either myself or an assistant doing the phone calls, like we used to have an assistant doing calls on a weekly basis to our pre-approved buyers. And part of those calls, like every now and then we would do an ask. So the ask would be like, hey, like how's the home buying process going? Great. Okay, cool. Do you know anyone that needs a home right now or whatever, whatever? Cool. Yes. Give us that information. And that's where we send that back to the realtor if they don't have one. And the same thing goes any client that is going through a process and we have a referral to their accountant or another referral partner and that person gives us a lead, that's going back to the original, the OG realtor. So we're just weaving in these different opportunities to source it back to the original referral partner. Exactly. It's just sending to whoever sparked the initial relationship. You're always sending them back. And okay, a lot of the times you're going to recommend that person and they might choose to use someone else. That doesn't matter. You're still giving that realtor a chance to win that business. And it's the same thing as when they refer you. That person might choose to go with their bank. They might choose a credit union, a different broker. It doesn't matter. The value is in the fact that they're thinking of you and sending the referral. And realtors appreciate that as well. They're the same as us. At the end of the day, referral is the highest respect you can give them. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. So let's move on to number two. So number two is list assist. So this is an offer assist. Offer assist was in part one. List assist is essentially we're saying, hey, Mr. Realtor, let me call your leads and get you business for you on autopilot. Sorry, I'm sick today. So in case I do some little voice cracks, that's why. <laughs> but essentially, what we're doing is we're getting that list from the realtors and we're dialing out or we're texting or we're emailing those leads. You can do it however cadence you want. Everyone's going to have their own overarching theme is you're reaching out to these leads on behalf of that realtor and they save money on like paying for an assistant to do this. If you have these leads, check out like if you actually get leads from this list and you bring it back to that realtor, like they absolutely love it. The one caveat to this is you really need to screen these leads up front. Like you can't just say, hey, Mr. Realtor, I'll call you all your leads. Give me like 100 of your online leads from like two years ago. Like you really have to put a time limit in my experience because I did this when I first started. And remember when we were kind of going through Leadvine too, we were teaching other agents to do this. And when I was doing it at the time, I had, um, it was over a thousand leads and I had one of our dialers dial out and it was working. Like it was super low percentages. Like I'd say maybe like 1% where we would actually like get an app in. So it's not a high conversion, but if you have hundreds of these leads, then I mean, what else are you going to do with your time? But yeah, I would just scream because in our experience, if you have like leads from like past six months ago, they're going to be pretty bad and you're just going to be wasting time and wasting your realtor's time and the person dialing out if you have someone dialing out. 100%. And you also want to make sure that you're doing this with high quality partner. I'll give you an example of this. I had one partner who sent me like five 
really good names. And she was like, these are the ones that I would recommend calling for the reason being that they seemed very interested when I met them. I've had a few follow-ups with them, but I have that touch point. And then I had another one that gave me a list that was bigger. It was 20 plus. But when I started dialing it, it had realtors that had come to her open house on it. It had like everything in it. And it was just absolutely awful. And it was like kind of embarrassing doing the calls because I'm like, oh, and then the realtors make, which realtor gave you my number? And I'm like, oh, this is so awkward. Like I just want to like hang up the phone and run away. So really focus on getting the high quality list. In the beginning, you're going to think that more is better, but less is like the higher quality is better than having a lot to dial out. Yeah. And you're going to get some pissed off people too. Keep that in mind. You got to have some thick skin, but it's all part of it, right? I mean, if you're established in the space and you have some volume coming in, I wouldn't even touch this. But if you're newer, this is a great way to get going. And there's a couple of guys that we know that did this and they were squeezing out information for like renewals. Like, okay, cool. You're not interested in purchasing. Do you have a mortgage? Cool. When's your renewal coming? So that's another strategy you can do as well. And another thing you want to add to is you want to make sure that these leads have been verified through Castle opt-in. I forget what Castle stands for, but it's basically like the consent that they put in their information because you don't want to get screwed by someone complaining and you're contacting these people and there was never like a Castle opt-in. So make sure you ask the realtor, like, where did these leads come from? And that'll be a good filter as to like whether you should proceed with calling these leads anyways, because you're going to want to know where they came from. And in my experience, I've had a lot of those leads come in where people just kind of searching online and just like nosy neighbors and curious about like listings and stuff. So I'm making it sound bad, but honestly, like it's great if you can really do that filtering process, which both of us didn't do when we first started. So if you do that properly, it's a really cool way to just get your hands on a shit ton of leads. Yeah. And the last thing to add to this, we are making it sound bad, but it's not bad. Build your system first, build your filter within that system And then make sure you just use one system. I made the mistake of this where I did it on like a spreadsheet. I had a few realtors on spreadsheets and then we did Leadvine and I had a few people going through there and it was like too many systems and it was like a bogged down kind of mess. Set up one system, set up one filter, follow the same process for everyone like you do for everything else in your business and it works well. Your conversion rate's going to be low, but you do it on the time when you don't have other business coming in. It's like, okay, I've done my daily to-dos, I've done my non negotiables. I have an hour left till I have to pick up my kids from school, be at appointment X, whatever it might be, bang out some calls on this list. This is as gravy for you. Okay. This is not the meat and potatoes. Yeah. And sorry, I'll just add one last thing here too. Next level is if you hire someone to do the calls for you, maybe even outsource it to a VA who actually speaks really good English. So Philippines, I mean, that's next level. It requires a bit more upfront work, but if you can make it work, I mean, that's way better than you dialing all day long. You can give them your Calendly link and they can book discovery calls right in your calendar. Yeah, I love it. All right. Next one is one that Tom has a lot of experience doing them online. I've done quite a few in person and that is webinars. So Tom, why don't you lead people through kind of the ones you've done online that have had a high value to you and then I'll take things from there. Yeah, so I've done a mix of them. I haven't done one in a while, but they did work back when rates were low, specifically like buy your first investment property webinar. I've also done some first time home buyer webinars. First time home buyer webinars, like you get more people showing up, but it's not as high of a conversion as you'd like, in my experience. And I think the real main benefit with that is your realtors love it when you can host one of these. 
But the first time investment webinars, I had some traction with that. And I had training from Ryan Wiley back in the day. And like the really cool part is you actually get like quite a bit of realtors that join in on that as well, because they want to learn about it too. And the last one I did, I closed three mortgages from realtors, which was really cool. But the main offer for this is once you have like the system built out on your webinar, if you know how to do webinars in general, you know the system, you know the tech, then that's when you can go to your realtor and you could pitch them. You could say, hey, you give them two options. So what I did is I gave them option one was I'll do a done for you webinar where all you have to do is show up. You can have like a five minute chat at the end or beginning, like introduce me to your clients. Or you can do like shared webinar where we go half season on it, like a first time homebuyer one. And the whole point of it is you're leveraging their audience, their database, their social. So if I were to do this today, then I would target realtors that have A, a big database and B, a big social following. Because if I'm spending all this time building this out, I want to tap into as many people as possible. So that's number one. And the second one is you can do solo webinars. You can even do evergreen webinars where you just have it running in the background. Like if you don't want to do them live every week, then you can just have that running in the background. Conversion rate on that is a lot lower because people just love live webinars. Why don't you give people kind of your top two to three webinar topics? What were the ones that were really banging that actually converted? I'll just give you the one, like the one that really worked was buy your first investment property. So I called it my freedom property, which sounds kind of lame, but it worked. And it was really basic. Like I literally just took Wiley's model, but then I tweaked it to how I spoke and some of the things I wanted to inject as well with my knowledge of investing. And that was it, man. Like just teaching people, hey, like equity works for you. Like you have it in your home. And this is what real estate can do for you from just buying one investment property and holding on to it long term. It's going to give you the ability to either pay off your mortgage, retire early, stack that cash into like a more passive investment. And on the webinar too, like I was super honest, like, hey, real estate investing is not passive, but here's some of the things that you can do to make it super passive. And I would go over all that stuff. And I think people just like how like real I was with it and not trying to like stuff it down their throat. And I think that's what worked for me. Yeah, I found the same thing when I audited in a lot more like, hey, this was my experience. Here's some hurdles I ran into. Here's how I would mitigate these risks. And people are like, okay, he's not just outlining the good parts of it. He's shining a light on some of the falls that can happen as well, but not just pointing out, hey, bad things can happen. It's bad things can happen. And here's how I would handle that bad thing. Yeah. So there's always a way to handle things. I did all in-person ones and they ranged in success from attendance being the first piece and then also the quality of them. I found the ones where it was like interchanging, where you would talk for a bit, realtor would talk for a bit. It wasn't as high quality and took a lot of time because there was varying comfort levels on public speaking and just strengths that way. And then there was other ones where like a financial advisor would talk, I would talk, a realtor would talk, a lawyer would talk. That was more high quality because everyone kind of had five minutes and really dialed it down and distilled things. And then I've been on ones where people did like 20 minute presentations and the audience just totally got lost. So I think the key is to really keep it brief, keep it concise, hammer in your points, be fully transparent on the pros and cons, but then also you're not trying to convert people in this five minute window. The conversion success is having them book a call with you. It's not having them 
buy an investment property just from that one webinar. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused that way. Yeah, it's a longer buying cycle for sure, because people aren't like just sitting there ready to go right away. But that's where you can layer on some cool stuff. And this is like a whole episode in itself. But like you can build out drip campaigns after market to them ongoing and do it that way. But I don't know if I would go back into the webinar space just because like, it's a whole other marketing angle. And you and I are focused on what we're doing now. But I actually do think like it would be a good time to do a webinar right now because nobody's doing them. Like I always like to look at like, okay, what are people not doing? Like webinars were the jam back in COVID times. But now it's like, I don't see any mortgage brokers doing it. I think you'd stand out. Yeah, I was actually thinking last night, I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw a few webinar ideas at you <laughs> and then throw them on YouTube though as well. It's just like evergreen content that way. Yeah, true. But yeah, we do have enough on our plate, I think, to not add that at this point. Yeah. But then sometimes I'm like, okay, maybe if we add that, you know, that's another five to 10 mil we're going to convert over the next 12 months. Is it worth it? I don't know. So we'll see. Honestly, man, like it doesn't even have to be like a webinar per se. Like we can just build out a video that is like supposed to be like a call to action at the end of it instead of just like an educational video, like have like an hour long episode where it's like, hey, it is a webinar, but it's just you and I doing another vested entrepreneur episode. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys will see if that rolls out in the next uh, couple of weeks. This could be like a shiny object in the making right here. <laughs> Usually we talk about something and then the next day we're rolling it out. So we're like, it's probably going to happen. All right. We're digressing. Last point here is one that we've had ranging success on pre-merging our business. We had a lot of success on it. When we merged our business, we started it for a bit and then we kind of parked it because we're working on other things. But that is leveraging Google business. So Tom, why don't you dive into first off how you kind of started this campaign and then I'll walk through a few other ways to really boost yours. So the overarching theme on this one is you want to relay the fact that realtors aren't using Google business to their advantage. And it's the truth. Like if you look at the majority of realtors, they're not on Google business, they don't even have one set up, which is crazy. Or if they do, they have like one or two reviews. And it's like, what's the first thing you do when you search someone, you're going to want to look at the reviews. So like, I would touch on some pain points, I would touch on like some scarcity, like, hey, now's a good opportunity to really get into Google business. And I wasn't making money off it. it is really just for me to give another value add to the realtors and get into their world. And that was part of my pitch too. And we were doing our four slides is to get them on a four slide, like that was one of the value adds I would mention in the call is like, hey, I had someone else call for me, but they'd be like, hey, Tom specializes in Google business and he'd love to show you how you can set one up and optimize and get leads off of Google. And like found that was a really cool value add for them and got me a lot of meetings. And then once I got to that, I would either A, pitch it on the four slide a little bit, just plant the seed. If they wanted to proceed with it, then I would do an hour long Google meet and they didn't have a Google business profile, I would sit there and set one up with them. So right off the bat, just to keep in mind, like this is a bit more time invested, but I would only do this for realtors that are bigger and you know you can get leads from them in the future. Because if you're doing this for every single realtor and they're newer, then you're going to spend a lot of time wasted, to be quite frank. That's my opinion. But yeah, that's what I would do. And I would just really help them optimize it over time as well. It'd be a really cool touch point for me to reach out to the realtor and be like, hey, like, how's the Google business going? And I would know, like, I can see if they're getting reviews or if they've even touched it. And it would just be a really good way to reach out. Yeah, I have a bit of a differing opinion than you on like only doing it with established people, especially depending on where you are. 
in your journey, there's a lot of value to finding that cohort of people who are young hustlers or like the up and comers because they're going to catch stride and you're going to be there day one. And I found that I really liked growing my business with other people who were growing at the same time. And now we have like a couple of years of rapport together and we've done a ton of deals together. And it's like the rising tide lifts all ships approach, especially when you have the time. If you're like full schedule, you can't add this to your plate, then yeah, of course, focus a little bit more granular on where you're spreading your love that way. But there is something to be said about just starting day one with someone and growing together. Some of my favorite partners are actually the ones that I grew with that were starting from scratch with me. So I agree with that. I was more so saying for this tactic right here, Google business, this is more time. There's a lot of time put into it. So that I would probably really screen who I'm doing it for. But yeah, I do agree with that statement. Like I think it's good to target those. And you know, if this person is going to be successful in the business or not, based off of like how hard they hustle. Yeah. So yeah, you can really feel the vibe now. I don't know, your radar goes off on who's going to be good, who's actively following up, like who's doing the bare minimum. Yeah. And then who's just like checking in, posting on occasional Instagram, you know, too scared to knock on a door, that kind of people as well. Yeah. Besides the point though, once you have this set up, the first thing you want to do is just goodwill, you know, law of reciprocity, give them a good Google review, get their balls roll and get the wheel cranking. I wonder where you're going with that. Yeah, I know. I was wondering myself. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a week, guys. So give them that review. And then once they're set up and they start getting a few trickling in, that's when you want to work your ask muscle and ask them to give you a review back as well. If they're starting to generate some traction and stuff there, they're going to be more than happy to. Yeah, that's a great point. And I forgot to mention that is when you're on the call with them, like what I did is I did the review with them. Like, hey, you know what? I'll toss you a review. Like, mind tossing me one? And we both do it at the same time. Because if you toss them one and then you say, oh, here's my link. They say, oh, we'll do it later. It's not happening. Yeah. And I'm not just saying realtors, like clients too. They're like that too. And I just think as humans in general, like, I don't know what it is. People just like hate writing reviews. Just think it takes so much time. But so I always did the review ask. And then if they weren't on my email list already, then they're going on my email list right after. For sure. Another thing to do with this is if you've worked with a realtor on the other side of a transaction who's been like really great with sending things over, very responsive that way, give them a good Google review. Like it doesn't hurt you at all to spread love this way and it only gets it in return down the line. You don't always need to ask for something a lot of the time with reviews and stuff. And I find like I review a lot now because I know how hard it is to get them. So like when I get really good service, I'm like, oh, I leave them a nice review. Everyone is a small business owner at the end of the day and like, You know, it's financial services, lawyers, realtors more so get more reviews, but financial services, lawyers, that kind of stuff, they don't get as many reviews as like a restaurant, for example. So when you give them, it's quite nice for them to receive. Yeah, we had that part of our process too with our old assistant. We had her write reviews on closing day. So the key thing for all of these strategies, they're really going to boil down to picking the right partners because referral loop, you want to be referring people back to a realtor who shows care and good work for the clients. List assist, you want to work with people who have high quality lists and who are taking the time and care to give you a good list there. Webinars, partner with people who are going to reach the right people and the required effort and on their side as well. 
and Google Business is also comes down to quality. So these are strategies that quality goes further than quantity. You can apply it to quantity as well, and it will work. It'll require more time. If you want to go less time, focus on higher quality, and you will get the results. Yeah, and that was an awesome close there, Brandon. But I do want to add a fifth one here, a little bonus for the listeners here. And I'm just thinking this off the top of my head, and it's something that I've been focused on lately, is in my broadcast channel, I've got, I want to say, just about 250 realtors in there. And the whole point of it is to just feed them information with mortgage strategy, mortgage updates, social media tips, all that good stuff with like email templates. And I just did a survey last week and asked them, I said, hey, out of these four items, which one is most important to you? So it was business development, mortgage updates, and strategy, market updates, and social media tips. And by a landslide, number one thing voted was social media, which was like kind of like shocking to me. And I don't even have like that big of a social media following, but I was like, oh, they want social media tips from me. That's kind of weird. But I'm also in a coaching program where I'm learning a lot of stuff right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to build the heck out of our social with our podcast, YouTube, Instagram, and I'm going to teach these realtors along the way, like what I'm learning and distill that information. And I don't know how I'm going to set that up yet, but that's something that could be a really cool opportunity. Like if you're a listener and you have social media dialed in and you can teach them these things, like I just said, out of those four options, they pick social media. So just give them what they want. They want help with social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. We could do a full episode on this kind of once we unpack it over a few months, have the strategy in action. But I do know that there's quite a few realtors who have now started joining the mortgage brokers and agents and listening to this podcast. So if you want to jump into Tom's broadcast channel, Follow him on Instagram and he'll send you an invite there. There we go. Cool. All right, everyone. Have a great week. We will catch you next week. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a little love. Review would be greatly appreciated. And uh, yeah, have a great week. See you guys. Cheers. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.